It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland. Today, we do have the host of the Locked On Jaguars Podcast, Tony Wiggins, a.k.a. T-Wig. Thank you for joining the show today. What's up, man? I'm just strolling through these Jacksonville streets, getting ready for that big game tomorrow. And uh, it's the rivalry. give you guys a heads up. I call the Tennessee Titans the Jaguars ingrown toenails, okay? Because it just seems like over the years, even going back now 20 years, it has been just a problem getting through the Titans. You guys know the Jaguars had their best season. They went 15-3. and three. They lost all three games to the Tennessee Titans. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's strange. It's uh, We are your guys as Colts as they are to us. Like, we cannot beat them. We can't get through them. Any Anytime we have a good season, they just show up and they seem to beat us no matter what. And, yeah, it seems like the Titans kind of have that on the Jags. So, it's definitely a weird situation. I, I will say I understand the Jags and the Titans rivalry, I would say, is the most hate has the most hatred of any of the AFC South rivalries for some reason. I don't know why, but it does seem that way. No, it does. Uh, it really does seem that way. And it's real, man. Let me tell you, it's, it's, it's really, really real. And it's almost like there's like a mutual respect, but then there's a mutual disrespect, too. I mean, the, the, the Jaguars came up there a couple of years ago, and there was a big brawl in the stadium in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, a hard-nosed team, Tennessee just seems to – to have the Jacksonville Jaguars number and right now the way the Jaguars are, Tennessee doesn't, they don't, they don't play into the teeth of the Jaguars defense, if you know what I mean by that. They just don't do the things that teams seem to do that allows the Jaguars to really, really thrive, and that is take five and seven step drops. That is um, throw the ball and challenge the corners. Tennessee ain't got time to be doing that, man. They're running the ball uh, with a Jacksonville native, Derrick Henry, and they're throwing the balls to the tight end, so it's always a close, close game. Yeah, we seem to do on offense, we seem to focus on the things that Jackson Jacksonville is. seems like you guys are set up to stop the modern offense, while the Titans aren't the modern offense. So it's almost like our strength happens to just be where you guys have a weakness, even though you're super strong in the other areas that, typically would make sense all right man well i really appreciate you having you on like i said even though there's that hated rivalry i i I really appreciate you coming on i'm sure we will get along just fine um i did want to go ahead and jump into a few questions i had for you about the team um, from a titans perspective my first question is how do you think garner Minshew changes what you guys are trying to do on offense from having nick Foles? that's a that's a real good question and we we really didn't have Foles long enough to have a, a huge true. opinion on him. But what I'll do is uh, I'll go with what I saw in practice because he didn't play in the preseason. We, Nick Foles' strength is throwing the ball down the field. He, and, in fact, on the play that he got hurt to Chris Jones, Nick Foles threw a, a ball that seemed like it took forever to get there and that uh, DJ Chark was going to run out of room. But he has a way of dropping the ball right in where it needs to be. If you think back to the Super Bowl year with the Eagles, he did the exact same thing with Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, he drops the ball. So his strength is that deep ball. 
He's a pure pocket passer who's tall. He's a, he's a legit 6'6". Six, six. Um, Gardner Minshew, what I've noticed that they do, they roll him a lot. They roll him out a lot. He, he's six feet tall at best. They list him at six one. He's about six feet tall. They roll him out a lot, man. And when they roll him out like that and he can use his mobility and extend plays, that's that's a wrinkle that teams weren't prepared for this year. And I think on that, on those last two drives when the Jaguars were able to get 10 points, well, nine points, it should have been 10 points when they uh, played the win against Houston last week. He, he really improvised a lot. He had a 15-yard gain on fourth down with the likes of J.J. Watt trying to chase him and catch him. So teams were used to Bortles being able to run and scramble. But with Foles, I think teams were built to expect uh, to expect more pocket, pocket passing. That hasn't been the case at all. What's, what's happening with Gardner Minshew is he's really improvising. He's smart. He, he's like a coach on the field. He played for Mike Leach at Washington State. So he knows the chalkboard. He knows where guys are going to be, how they're going to be open. And then so far what we've seen, he doesn't try to play above himself. And, yeah, uh, I think one thing, uh, yeah. one thing that – sorry to cut you off there, but I think one thing about the uh, Jaguars quarterbacks that, that has me upset is even though they're the Jags and I, I just have to hate them as a team, their quarterbacks are such likable guys, Bortles and this Minshew guy. They're just such likable everyman. It's, it's hilarious to me. Yeah, it is, and that's a great point that you make. Bortles, as as much as people used to get ticked off with him as a passer, people like Blake, and his teammates like Blake. And the reason why is because he's a gamer, and he's just a, he's a dude's dude. He has no fe- he has no fear. And Minshew is sort of the same way. Minshew is he's sort of a a folk hero. He, you know, the pop culture craze right. is caught up with him because of the way he dresses and the weird mustache. And even man, when you listen to his press conferences. He sounds like a he sounds like a rock and roll singer from the seventies. It's the funniest thing ever, man. And uh, you know, it's all dude. And you remember? I don't know if you remember OJ Trial. You remember Cato Kalen? How everybody just fell in love with him because he was just like, oh yeah, it's whatever. Man. Relatable. That's, that's God. Yeah. That's right. He's yeah. every man, and that's God. That's a very good phrase that you use to describe him. Uh, he's every man, and it. it I'm gonna tell you something. Leonard Fournette joked about it. He said, "Look, he wasn't quite ready for this." This dude actually is in a jock strap, stretching in the locker room in a jock strap. He says, Nobody does that. That's something out of a movie, some some sort of '80s weekend at Bernie's comedy movie or something. But it's no, very it, obscure, it's a, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a breath of fresh air, though. I mean, he's yeah. Well, speaking of Leonard Fournette, football, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just wondering, uh, do you think that he'll be the focal point of how they attack the Titans' defense, or how do you think they plan to do that? No, he's going to be a focal point, and you know there are people around here that think he's a bust, but he's certainly going to be the focal point. Uh, they believe he's their best player on offense, and whether the fans get upset at that or not, it doesn't matter. They believe Leonard Fournette is the most talented player on their offense, and what he isn't is his little wiggle back. He doesn't do that very often. That's just not what he does. Leonard Fournette. He, he he sort of reminds you of, of a in better shape version of LeGarrette Blunt. Mm-hmm. And if he yeah. gets if he gets if he gets to the second level, you can't catch him. He's fast. He's timed at a four five one, but he was two hundred and forty pounds at, at the combine. The dude ran a ten six hundred meters in, in high school. Um he's very fast once he gets once he breaks those tackles. He just Yeah, it's deceptive speed for speed. a guy that size. Yeah, he just looks for contact too much. For some people, like last week, he had a play where it looked like he could have run right around the free safety to Sean Gibson. 
And he just sort of didn't run around and say, okay, you want to hit me, come on. And that's a good trait, but it's sort of a 1980s, early 90s trait where you want your running back to wear out people. people yeah, I think like you that. like that mentality, him. but you, you do have to worry about the toll that it takes on the body, you know? Yep, you absolutely do. But, yeah, you guys got a pretty bruiser. We're all familiar with him, Derek Henry. He's from about 20 miles from Jacksonville. Right, pretty similar. Pretty bruising. Yeah, he's a pretty bruising running back, too. Derek is a better pro than I thought he was going to be. And I uh, have to agree with you on that. Actually, I I I have to say that uh, I was uh, a little worried about him going forward. Hey, before we jump into the Titans, though, I have one more uh, one more question for you about the offense. Is there anybody on the Jaguars offense that might be an X factor that Titans fans maybe haven't heard of or just aren't expecting? Uh, DJ Chark and Titans fans, I know they, mm-hmm. they followed the SEC from LSU. He was a second-year player who was a second-round pick. DJ Chark has really shown up. Uh, he, he scored both. He scored the, the, what should have been the game-tying touchdown last week. And uh, he caught the big ball from Nick Foles and had over 100 yards received in the first week. So he's six foot four. He's extremely fast. DJ Chark, Chris Conley's played well uh, coming over from Kansas City. And D.D. Westbrook. Hadn't quite gotten on track yet. I think D.D. was going to be more focused on when the quarterback was was Foles. Now that right. Minshew, he hasn't quite – D.D. hasn't quite – he's the smallest one of all of them, so that may have something to do with it, but he hasn't quite caught on uh, with Nick Foles yet. And, yeah, I definitely think that's really possible that his size makes him a little bit more risky to throw to when you're not as accurate of a passer as maybe Nick Foles. That that definitely makes sense. Yeah, and when you're, when you're five inches shorter, at least. Yeah five inches shorter it might be harder to find the smaller guy in that situation over the middle that makes sense hey on the on defense for the Jaguars how do you think or what do you think their plan of attack should be against this Titans offense what or at least what do you think the Jaguars defense should do to try to shut down this Titans offense be patient they got to be patient and uh they they really really have to be patient man and what I mean by that is the, the the Titans aren't necessarily the type of team to, at least they weren't in the past, to really attack them outside deep. And they have to be patient and not get upset with these little dinks and dunks to the tight ends, to Delaney mm-hmm. Walker. They can't let the Titans get in their head. They can't make uh, the mental mistakes that they've been known to make and, and lose their cool a little bit. The other thing, and this is a huge thing, and this is why there's a little bit of dissension about, you know, the whole Jalen Ramsey stuff about the night. Yeah, I was going to ask about that next. That was like my last question, obviously. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, so I'll segue into that. When when you're a man-to-man, you're running with your guy and your back is to the quarterback. In the past, against Mariota, against Russell Wilson, and against some other quarterbacks, that's hurt them because those guys have been able to scramble, extend plays, and then find guys – like the tight ends wide open in the middle of the field on dump offs when those linebackers get sucked in. So that's been a bit of a problem. So to alleviate that, they start playing zone. And when you start playing zone, you start giving away too much dink and dunk stuff and pissing guys like Jalen off because they want to go man to man. So they got to be patient. They got to keep their heads about them. They can't get worn down like they have in the past. And then the other thing is control Delaney Walker. Don't give up any freebies and stop that quarterback from scrambling. You cannot let, let them extend plays and, and keep you out there on – it can't be third and eight and then a guy runs for nine yards. You just can't let it happen. Yeah, that's that's probably a, a smart plan. I, I think as a Titans fan and scouting my own offense, I, I would say that that's not a terrible plan to have, and if they're able to execute that, it should be a good game. Well, T-Wick, I really appreciate 
you answering those questions for the Titans fans. Uh, we are going to go ahead and get into our second segment where you go ahead and ask me some questions. So we will do that next. Before we do, I just want to remind you that Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. Fellas, let's talk about the bedroom. Ever wish you could increase your performance or maybe just need a little confidence boost in bed? Well, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, just like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill, so you're ready anytime you need to be. But hear me out. It's not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy looking for a little extra to enhance their performance. You hit a leadoff home run, guys. Blue Chew helps you go deep again in the second at bat. Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No in-person visits, waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special code Locked On. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Matt Williamson brings the Scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk... 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. So throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. edition of Locked On Jaguars with me, T-Wig, and my man Tyler from Locked On Titans. You guys know what I call them. I call them that ingrown toenail for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to answer a question Tyler had for me before we went to break. Yes, Jalen Ramsey is playing. He's going to play. All of this stuff about trade talk, and I think that stuff's still going on, but the Jaguars are going to play him until he's not here anymore, and I expect him to have the game of his life come uh, to, uh, Thursday night on, on national TV with the, with the spotlight. He's going to have the game of his life. And if I was Mariota, whoever it was, Tyler, I would absolutely stay away from number 20. I don't think that's ever a bad idea, regardless of who's throwing the football. So I hope that the Titans uh, take that plan as well. We can run at him, but I would not throw at him regularly. Yeah, yeah. So 
you know, I heard a lot. I even had a, a little spy who was at practice, a buddy of mine who was invited to practice you guys' training camp, and they were saying that Mariota was struggling throwing the ball down the field, but then I look up, and what happens? And I stayed away from this game purposely. I stayed away from this game when I bet on, on, on my bookie because I didn't want – I didn't trust Cleveland. But you guys go up to Cleveland and lay 40 points on the Browns and then come back and have a very, very close game last week. It looks like Mariota might be okay after all. Hmm. You know, um, I understand looking at the score in Cleveland and seeing how close it was against the Colts, that that may be the thought, but he has actually struggled. Um, Unfortunately, he hasn't made any terrible mistakes, no interceptions, a fumble that we actually recovered anyways, but he's, he's not going out and making plays. Like you mentioned, throwing the deep passes. He's actually had relative success in his career throwing deep passes more than people would think watching him play, but they just don't happen often enough. We we have to take more shots downfield and open up the field a little bit more to be able to have a successful offense. So he he's doing okay right now is what I would say. I mean, the last few years, his touchdown to interception ratio was, was really rough. Um, he had more interceptions than touchdowns two seasons ago. So uh, he's not turning over the ball like that right now he's managing everything he's not making the big mistake like I said but at some point in the NFL in this league your quarterback has to go win you ball games that's just mm-hmm. the way it is that's that's how the league is the quarterback will have to win you some ball games unless you have a dominant dominant defense like the Jags had two years ago um right and unfortunately I think the Titans do have a good defense top 10 probably they have decent weapons but the team isn't like all time great around him to be able to lift him. He's going to have to lift them eventually. And right now he's not making big mistakes, but he's not lifting the people around him either. And Titans fans are so divided on whose fault that is and who's to blame. But just the fact is right now he needs to be a little bit better and actually make a few plays throughout the game to really take the team to the next step. Now, you know, of course, the easy target before was to blame Mike Malarkey for everything. You know what I'm saying? Uh, now that he's gone and Mike Vrabel's there, and uh, apparently they're running this, this so-called offense. I think they had somebody there before who was from the Sean McVay school or whatever. Uh, it's alarming to me, though, that when when I hear what's going on there, I, I had people saying, okay, they got Amendola and they got, Humphreys and those are the guys that they're going to probably use and Delaney Walker's going to come back from injury. Why haven't I heard more about Chris Davis, a guy that was taken in the top seven, I believe, of the NFL draft? What is, what's his deal? Is, is, is he just the, the, the beneficiary of the, the lack of big playability by Mariota, or is there something going on with him that he's just not worth what they pick for? What they, what, what, those what are fair concerns. And and what's funny is depending on the Titans uh, fan or analyst that you spoke with, you might get different answers on that. Um, I do just want to make sure that I'm being clear. So Amendola actually ended up in Detroit, but Adam Humphreys and Amendola, yeah, right. Adam yeah, they're so yeah. they're, they're similar players playing in the slot, mm-hmm. being smaller and things like that. Uh, Corey Davis was taken fifth. And when you take a receiver fifth overall, they should most certainly produce more than he's produced in his career. Now, you also mentioned offensive coordinators. You mentioned Mike Malarkey was the head coach who had Terry Robisky as a coordinator. Now, while I don't think that they 
should have been in those positions. I do believe they should not be. Uh, Terry Robisky should never be an offensive coordinator in the NFL again, and Mike Malarkey shouldn't be a head coach, even though they had mild success, a 9-7 and seven season and a playoff win. I get all that, but the reality is they, they weren't the coaches that you're going to need to win a Super Bowl. I do think Mike Vrabel is a good coach, and the Titans had Matt LaFleur, who's the coach of the Packers now, last year, who's the McVay guy, as the offensive coordinator, and the offense struggled. The offense struggle, struggled under Robisky. Now, like I said, I think Robisky's a different situation. He really is a poor offensive coordinator in the NFL. But uh, Matt LaFleur is probably not. His team's 2-0 and right now, and it's early, but – it seems like he may be a decent coordinator. And then I think that Arthur Smith is actually going to be a decent coordinator. I do think Mike Vrabel is a good head coach in this league, whether it be with Tennessee or not. I think Corey Davis is talented. Adam Humphreys was one of the best slot receivers in the league last year. I I guess it all comes back to how I answered the first question. At some point in time, the one constant of all these failures is Marcus. Um, yeah. So I don't... I really don't want to be the guy who's just coming on here and burying the quarterback all the time because there have been struggles with the O-line, the changes in the coaching staff, the lack of weapons up until this year. There are a lot of reasons. It's hard to parse out how much blame goes to each. But the reality is he is the constant in all of these failures and all of these underwhelming performances by coaches and other players and picks. So the one side of the football that we always play well is the defense because he has no impact there. So at some point you just have to look at what is the same about all these things. And it's just that Marcus doesn't play great. Yeah. Thanks for correcting me about Amendola. Oh, it's fine. I don't know every player on your team either. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had him pegged to go there in the off season. And I, and I, I just keep thinking that he's there, but I knew they, they ended up with a a really good slot receiver. Like, well, we're Patriots South anyway. So it it makes sense that people make that. Yeah. And that's, and that's my next question because of John Robinson and because of Mike Vrabel. Are they trying to really mirror the way things were done in New England, or are those two New England bred guys, are they really doing things on their own and having their own touch on their situation? Well, I think to a point, yes, but I don't think that I don't look at that as a negative thing. New England is one of the most successful franchises, maybe the most successful dynasty over a 20 year span in NFL history. And a lot of that is because of the culture they have. They have guys who really love football, guys who really want to work hard, guys who really care more about being a team member and being a football player than they care about their own individual stardom and things like that. So I think the the type of guy and the type of culture that the Titans are trying to put together should be like New England. I think everyone to a point should. Now, I do believe they're putting their own spin on it. Now, to the effect that the Titans are signing all these former Patriots, like Deion Lewis is just plain and simply not worked out. That, that signing didn't work out. Now, are we signing guys like that because of their ties to New England, or are we signing them because we think they'll work in our system? Uh, to a, You can try to emulate something to a fault because the reality is no one has Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. But I think emulating it to a point can't be a bad thing with the type of success that they've had in the way they've built their team. I think that they are trying to do that, but John Robinson is a little bit different of a guy than a New England guy. He's from the South, he's he's got some, you know, Southern soul to him. So I do think the Titans will, like, look at a guy like A.J. Brown. Not saying these guys wouldn't work on the Patriots, but I just think John Robinson early was trying to do it to Patriots and getting guys who are too clean of character guys. At some point, like John Robinson said this offseason, you need a few more dogs. 
Now, yeah, I, yeah. I think Jacksonville has a lot of dogs and maybe doesn't mm-hmm. have the like, you know, team members that they need where the Titans have a bunch of good guys who are good character dudes and good teammates and work hard and study, but they don't necessarily have the dogs that you've got to have to win in these kind of sports. So it's weird that Jacksonville and the Titans are like similar teams, but yet they're like opposite in how they are personality wise. So I think early you, on, John you, Robinson you. tried too hard. Man, you must have been listening to my podcast yesterday and today because <laughs> I was talking about I was talking about exactly that same thing where, um, you know, in the in the fourth quarter of a close game, it becomes a damn bar fight. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, leave your brother-in-law at home and 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 your cousin that you know all they want to do is pray out of the situation. <laughs> no, now it's time for you to go get your cousin that did time. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. If you're scared, the, go to church. Fit. Right. You need to go. And so, you know, when you look at the history of this rivalry, there have always been guys like that on both sides of the ball. And some guys like Gary Walker back in the day actually played for both teams and mm-hmm. Eugene Robinson and those guys. So a guy that looks like a dog so far, you guys, man, the football God shine down on you with you guys getting Cameron Wake. He's looked good so far. Yeah, he's uh, the ageless wonder. Another See, another one is Rashawn Evans from Alabama. Mm-hmm. That dude just smokes people in the backfield with a head of steam. He's really progressed this year. Uh, another person like A.J. Brown, we took Jeffrey Simmons with his off-field concerns. I'm not going to pass judgment on any of that, but just saying that's something that John Robinson would not have done in his first few years here because he was trying to be too Patriots, too clean character, all that. At some point, you need some dogs with some attitude. And I think with Rashawn Evans, with Taylor Lewan, with having, you know, Jeffrey Simmons, A.J. Brown. Some of these guys were starting to get have a little bit more dog to them, and it gives me hope for the future of the team. All right, man. So uh, I guess you're going to take us to our third segment where we're going to make some predictions, right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll make some predictions on the game, give what we think our score will be, how the game will play out, and just kind of wrap things up and preview the game from here. All right. Uh, Locked on Jaguars and Locked on Titans. Uh, we don't say we're going to take a break, but we will tell you we're going to finish this thing up with a bang in just a second. Let's go. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners but not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you guys know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Locked on Jaguars, Locked on Titans, crossover edition. Yeah, I'm behind enemy lines, and I'm talking to my man Tyler. Uh, you know, we're friends, and we're doing this over the phone. So, 
uh, we're friends. If we were uh, if we were facing each other right now, we saw each other. Just for the culture, we probably start wrestling and try to break something like two twelve year olds. But hey, we got uh, to can't gonna... keep it too peaceful. <laughs> I know it, right? So here's what I think is going to happen tomorrow night. I think with Jalen playing, with everybody coming back, with this city lined up behind Garner Minshew, I think they're actually going to be able to overcome some stuff. I think Rams is going to have a big game. I think the team is going to rally around him. Uh, they love that guy to death. Whatever problems he has, I think it's with people in the front office. So here's what I'm going to say. Game winning drive. Jaguars down two points. I say they kick a field goal and win it 20 to 19. Uh, well, you know, it's funny that you say that in the way that you set that up because like we've been saying, it's almost like the Titans and Jaguars are bizarro versions of themselves. Uh, that's how I felt last week against the Colts. Like if we're ever going to get over this hump, I know that we beat them twice in 2017, but the team is nowhere near what they are now. That was a terrible team. Um, if we were going to beat the Colts, it's Eddie George and Steve McNair Jersey retirement day. Just came off one of the biggest wins in recent memory over Cleveland. The hype as big as it's been. Good to great. The slogan the whole time. Every fan is thinking, man, we maybe really are going to be able to go to great and be consistent and be a complete football team. We get to beat the Colts and luck retired and we're at home and the in all of these things. It just seemed like this is the perfect chance to get over the hump. And it would actually feel like getting over the hump, unlike 2017. The Jaguars are in the same position now. They're at home. It's a Thursday night. Home teams on Thursday night have such an advantage just due to the turnaround. Garner Mishu can make a play with his legs, which is something that gives the Titans struggles. The Jaguars have a great defense that's played the Titans that can shut down their below-average offense. It just seems like everything is setting up for Jacksonville to win the game, and that's why they're not going to win the game. Wow. Because the Titans and the Jaguars are just different versions of each other, and you're going to experience the same thing that we did last week because that's just how the football world works, unfortunately. So I say that the Titans end up winning this game 27-21. to 21. Uh, I think... Unfortunately, it's just a repeat. Derrick Henry has a good day. I don't think Mariota will roll or anything like that. He'll just be his average self. Um, But I do think at the end of it all, on Friday morning, the Titans will have gone a 1,000 days without losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that crap, man. I'm gonna get off this line, man, because <laughs> if I don't, if I don't, I'm gonna end up coming up there, and we're gonna, and we're gonna duke it out, man. But uh, well, we're I'm glad we ended teams. this on the right tenor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna watch these teams duke it out, man. It's fun, and we'll get a chance to do it later on in the year because these two teams meet again. Tyler, yep. man, it's been yep. fun. Thank you. Yes, very it much has for been me fun. On Locked on Titans and Locked on Jaguars crossover, and we appreciate it. Thank you all yep. for listening. So that was Tony Wiggins, a.k.a. T-Wig, with the Locked On Jaguars podcast. Really appreciate him coming on here and giving us some insight into the team. As you can tell, the Jaguars-Titans rivalry is strong. The hatred is high. I'm really excited for the game tomorrow. I can't wait to preview the game. I'm obviously going to jump into my Friday preview stuff a day early so that we can get it in before Thursday night's game. Please follow the show if you aren't already at Locked On Titans. Please follow me at 
Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. Subscribe to the show if you're not already. Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.